a listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Gentlemen, back again. Danny Widler, what have we got on the way? Been another big headline week for Gus Gould. We'll uh, break it all down. Oh, <laughs> another Gus Gould topic, of course, Danny. Let's Michael talk Chambers. something else. Roosters, some scuttlebutt out of the Roosters. Okay, scuttlebutt everywhere. Here we go. Journo's edition. Footy Talk, Journo's edition. Yes, great to see you, Michael Chamis, once again from the Sydney Morning Herald and occasionally Channel 9 and wherever yes. else. Shane Watson, how are you, mate? Shane Watson? Yeah, you're just an all-rounder. You're everywhere these days. You're just not very good at anything. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, what a... <laughs> I love Shane Watson. All reviews as well when I caught <laughs> leg before. <laughs> Haven't gone through that yet. Danny Widler from Channel 9 and uh, Sun Herald, how are you, mate? Adam everywhere. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Hey, there's only room for one joke in this little group we've got here. Well, well, I, usually I, I, I haven't heard one yet. <laughs> well, usually you're at each other, so it's nice to be involved in the... Um, Discussion. But in that you regard. have been busy, like seriously. A little bit. Like, yeah. It's, it's great what you're doing. It's good to see it. Yeah. Yeah. So busy. I haven't seen my kids that much. I bought one in today. So <laughs> Nyla's in the corner over there coloring in. I'm going to join you in a sec, Nyla. You good? You good? Yep. Not of the head. Happy days. Guys, we're going to start with a bit of audio because it mm. starts off the discussion about our first topic involving Phil Gould, regular talking point on this particular podcast. But this was Phil on 100% footy on Monday night. The trail's good. When the ball falls, Latrell's way. He's a powerful runner. He makes people miss. He's got some trick shots. He's got some long passes. Um, but Latrell hasn't done it at the business end of the season. And South haven't done it at the business end of the season. And that's where they've still got to get to. And I don't think they're anywhere near in premiership winning form at the moment. Not even close. Not even in the same postcode. He's got these brilliant individual moments. And he loves all this. He loves the crowd. And he loves being out there in the country. And it's all great. Put him on the big stage in front of 50,000 in a preliminary final. And he hasn't done it yet. That's a pretty... Hot, hot take, that is, and it set off a chain of events. What have you made, made of it, Danny? Look, I think, first of all, uh, let's put in a little bit of context. And Gus was asked to look at the spines of the Penrith team hmm. and the Rabbitohs team. And I think Gus was talking about Latrell as a fullback in a spine, which is obviously a little bit different to having played centre for the Roosters, where he won two comps. Uh, and also centre for the Blues. I think that's the context of it all. And, yeah, Gus is – I'm never one who can say that Gus doesn't deserve to have an opinion because he mm. certainly does. Definitely not. <laughs> definitely doesn't deserve to have an opinion. No, no, he's, definitely, de he's definitely not one to say that he doesn't he deserve, deserve to have Look, he's – No, I agree with you. He's <laughs> done – you, you know what, Danny? I agree with Gus. Hang on. Whoa. <laughs> I agree with the great man. Hang on, in what regard? Well, in not, terms to, of not the, to the fact that South Sydney can't win a comp, but – Reality is Latrell hasn't done it as the man of a team. He, he hasn't been the man. He was the he was at the Roosters and came up with big plays in a team that was a star-studded team. Cronk, Tedesco, Boyd Cordner, all these great players, Manu. But he's the man at South Sydney. And that's the next step in his development and his legacy to prove to people that, that he can do it when he's the man. Like all those talk around NBA titles, if you can't be a, considered an all-time great unless you've won a trophy mm. or won a ring. I think Latrell's in that same category. I think he's a he's won two premierships, but he hasn't done it as he's done, the he, guy. He's been involved in some very big plays in those premierships. Yeah, as yeah, well. I know. I'm not going to bag Latrell. I'm think. not bagging Latrell. I'm all I'm saying is I'm, I understand where Gus is coming from. That in 
Look, he didn't play in that grand final against Penrith. Blake Taft was fullback, so he really didn't get a chance there. But he hasn't taken he hasn't taken that next step. And South Sydney have been a team who have been there and thereabouts for such a long time now that if he was to lead them to a premiership, then it cements himself in greatness. I think that some of the criticism relates to a game when he played against Penrith in the finals and didn't really lift. I think he was ironed out pretty heavily by one of the Penrith forwards at the time. Might have been... Was it Fisher-Harris or Leota? One of them got him, and I think that damaged him for the game and he was quiet. So maybe it relates to maybe it relates back to that. I'm more interested in the reasoning behind why, if there's a reason behind why Gus is saying it. Well, that's, that set off the chain of conspiracy, been a lot, I've had a lot of people theories. ringing about that. Yeah, but he hasn't like, said anything that's completely wrong. Like, he hasn't said I'm anything not that's saying not, it's wrong either. But yeah, like people are blowing up. I, I get I get South Sydney being frustrated with the fact, oh, he should worry about his own turf, look at the Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah, there's that argument that's always going to be there. But Gus is but a paid a commentator. No, but Gus is but a it's a valid com- point. Like Latrell isn't point, an yeah. effort upon effort guy who's going to be there for the 80 minutes and, and come up with a big play every time you need him. He comes up with big plays when he's ready for them. I think mm. that's the point Gus is trying to make. When it's on Latrell time, Latrell's up. Mm. But it don't, you don't get Latrell time every in every big game in a preliminary final or a grand final. And But yeah. this, this is going to continue to happen, particularly on 100% footy when one of you two go on there and try and wind him up about having another hot take. <laughs> but this but, came out of nowhere. Yeah. This, this came out of nowhere. And that's why people have been saying all week, oh, what's behind it? Is what do you think? Is a conspiracy? I don't know. No, Someone, I don't know. There was a conspiracy from our producer who thinks that, that Gus is he trying to... Uh, chuck you, him in you. He I does you favours all the time. We have, we've, like you're not getting your parking he, pass today. Can I have two, please? I'll use the Charlie White. downstairs. He's a... Uh, oh, now, now your name's You're going to say where now. he lives as well? Put it in his mobile number? He's, he's got a washing machine appointment at 12 o'clock today as well. <laughs> so, so what did he say? His, his conspiracy theory is that Gus doesn't want to see Penrith win and he's just heaping the pressure on Penrith. What? By upsetting these other teams, giving wow. them ammunition, giving the South Sydney Rabbitohs and the Brisbane Broncos ammunition. But that's all a byproduct of who Gus is. He's oh. heavily involved with the Bulldogs, and you look at the latter, they've got the worst four and against in the entire league, and they're, they're sinking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what they get out of this season to, to end it, but they're minus 261, four and against. Things aren't going really well year one, two, whatever it is, into this blueprint that he's trying to uh, come up with at the club he took to a premiership in 1988 as a coach, which mm-hmm. started to build his reputation, which allows him to have opinions like this, but it's all it's all hazy. It, well, it's going to continue to happen. He'll come out with another take and then another club's going to come out and say, That's his job, Adam. Gus, shut up. His you, job is to get people talking. I mean, yeah. there hasn't been a, a really big league story this week apart from probably this. Yeah. Of Gus saying this. So Gus is setting he an agenda. He does upset people, though. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, 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 he's, he's, he, his job is to set agendas as a, as a media commentator yeah. and he's doing that and he sets the tone. He drives people mad with some of his opinions, mm. but I can tell you what, he doesn't care. The Bulldogs board care? Oh, no, I think Gus can no. do what he wants. Yeah. And I think that I know we're critical of their season this year. I think they've had seven wins, which is seven. the same as last year. Yeah. There's a few games to go, so they might take some small steps further. And they have already started to recruit for next year. So mm. I think they're the only team uh, out of the, well, I think pretty much everybody, Who's made who's made significant recruits? Gal made a good point on 100 footy, yeah. and he didn't he didn't and Gus squirmed out of it, but he would make the point that nothing that Phil Gould says or does is by accident. 
He tried to say, you know, things don't get out so by I accident. unwrap this. Why? So do you think there's a Penrith theory? I, I think Gus do I think, uh, Gus no. seems to enjoy Penrith doing well. Yeah, I think there's a part of him that's happy. I, I also think there's a part of him that's a little bit dirty on how it ended as well. Not, right. not the players, though. Not the players that are he actually – He loves those players. He loves those players, yeah. I, I think there are people at the club who he feels as though hung him out to dry towards the end and mm. didn't deserve that because of what he had contributed to the Panthers organisation for the eight years that whatever – he was there. Okay, but, South, but it, South it, he wouldn't coming, be trying to undermine the players. South's eighth or ninth. They're, they're sort of they're right they're towards seventh. Okay, they're sixth. Seventh. Okay, so you're, I was wrong with all, all of that. Yeah, it's good. South's are coming sixth, on. right? Uh, and <laughs> they're towards the bottom of the eight, as you know. Uh, they're still. Are they certain to make the eight? Yeah, you think they would? They think they're going to be? I think they'll beat. But Latrell hasn't played so many games. Well, they drop one, and they could be out of the eight. So why is why suddenly? South such such a, a factor in in people's minds that they're the ones who are going to beat Penrith. Is Gus doing it because he loves watching Latrell at his best and he wants to see this Maybe. guy? Like I, I've given I up. I think he's being to, honest. I've, I just think he's being honest yeah. in this situation. And I, Souths don't like it, but Souths wouldn't have an issue if he wasn't associated with the club. And that's as yes, you said earlier. That's not an issue. If yeah, they wouldn't player. have the issue that they do now. No, and I get why other but clubs what, what's, go. Okay, what? Why can't people criticise people? I'm not saying that people can't. Can I'm just telling you the Souths have an issue. But with when it. their backyard looks full of weeds and needs some immediate work, that's when people have but an issue. Obviously, Get some Gus doesn't seem yeah. to care about that. Doesn't seem no. to care that you know that you know that his backyard might be perfect, or or he's happy with the work that he's doing in his backyard, and they're going to come up. So he's definitely he's not hoping that Penrith fail. I, I don't think so. So he's not like Oppenheimer, like he's created this thing and then he doesn't want it to see it used <laughs> to full effectiveness once it's used the first time around anyway. All, all I know is that Danny's cutting someone's grass. <laughs> he doesn't know who Oppenheimer is probably. Yeah. <laughs> but you know who Barbie <laughs> is, but you went and saw that. <laughs> he doesn't know Barbie is either. I don't, I, look, I don't do TV. Guys. It's Barbie. not TV's movies. <laughs> It's like you go Google. I'll just, I'll just watch footy, okay? Because the next time you ask me what position Souths are in, I'll be able to tell you that they're sixth. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I should have known that. It'll continue to happen in the run-up to the finals because Gus will be asked for an opinion. He, he, he won't. That's the thing he, about Gus. He won't pull a punch. He's one no. of the best in the media at doing that. And well, he, his opinions led the newspaper back page. Yeah. I think he led 360's show the next day. Mm-hmm. Anyone he's, saying he's that doing he's his job. Anyone saying that this is an attack on Latrell couldn't be further from the truth because if you go back a couple of years, who was the one sticking up for Latrell with that char- shoulder charge on Joey Manu? Absolutely. Gus did. It was and, Gus. And Gus, that caused him a lot of personal angst. I think it still has. I think the ramifications his, his, of those His relationship comments. with the Roosters uh, and some of their key figures is non-existent as a result of it. And he stood up. At Does that he actually point. not care? Like, he, as you said, the relationship I think with Nick Politis has deteriorated since that point. Look, you know him really well for three decades now. Does he actually not care what people think? I don't think he does. No, no I don't think he does. Mm. Even someone like Nick Politis, who who has been so close to him for so many years, but he wasn't doing it to offend Nick Politis. He was doing it to stand up for what he felt was right about Latrell Mitchell and that tackle. Yeah, he doesn't get brownie points from South for doing it, as you can see. Yeah, they don't remember him saying that. Yeah. Blake Solly doesn't remember him being in the media and sticking up for Latrell. People in rugby league got short memories. I'm not saying just Blake solely. I'm talking generally. Mm. Uh, when you do positive stories on them, you can write 15 positive stories on a, on someone. Yeah. You write one negative one, yeah. and that's the one they but remember. That's, but that's the point. He's just speaking his mind, yeah. and you may not agree with it, but 
I don't agree with it a lot of the time, but you have to respect it. it. Yep. You have to respect it. Is he orchestrating all these signings? Or yeah. is, it, is he just acting on behalf of Cameron Seraldo to get the players that he wants? Obviously, Cameron's – I'd say Cameron have the final say on anyone who's getting mm. signed to the Bulldog because he's, he, he's the coach. So all of their plannings are together. It's not Gus going rogue. Uh, and they've got a, a broader plan, obviously, that they're trying to get players from successful clubs. And so far – at least they've been active in the market. They mightn't be. They are the market at the moment. Yeah, yeah, not a lot of clubs are getting anywhere, and, yeah. and clubs, other clubs need halves and whoever else, and and also middle forwards. They're, they're those commodities are very rare at the moment for whatever reason in the market. It's not a good place to be trying to do a rebuild. Mm. It's not a good market. Having spoken to Cameron Seraldo about it, it's you have you, spoken to him. Yeah, yeah, just about as you said, he's trying to bring people into the club from cultures. And from a program who understand what it takes to win. The guys that he assigned, Blake Taff, Liam Knight from the South Sydney Rabbitohs, with Jamin Salmon, Stephen Crichton from the Penrith Panthers, and Takiaho and potentially Connor Watson from who have been part of the Roosters system. These guys who, who know what it takes to get to, if not the big day, very close to it. What he's trying to do is, is weed out the guys who, through no fault of their own, just don't get what it takes to go to that next level. Mm. And that's what he wants. He wants guys, they may not be at the peak of their powers, they may not be superstars, but you're not going to question what they're going to bring to an organisation and drive these younger kids coming through who they've, who they think have got big futures ahead of them to make sure they, when they get into the top grade, they're not taking shortcuts, to make sure when they get to the mm. top grade, they understand what it takes to actually get there. And they might not get immediate success out of these guys, but what it will do is set a standard that will hold them, hold them in good stead for years to the come. The theory is, and also they're better than what they've got. And that's not being disrespectful to the players, but that's their theory is we have to have better quality players than what we have at the moment. And that's and they believe that. And the, the interesting one, um, we, we obviously didn't mention Bronson Sherry either. That's another player who they've yeah. got coming as well. That's quite a significant build-up from the Bulldogs. And the interesting one is Connor Watson because since the Bulldogs showed significant interest in him, uh, he was going to go to England because there was no interest. The Bulldogs get interested. All of a sudden the Tigers are now interested. And because the Bulldogs and Tigers are interested, the are Roosters are now. Are the Tigers really interested? Oh, that's what that's what the Bulldogs have been told. I'm just going to say because I think at the moment between those two clubs, every time You're one person is interested, up. the other one's trying to get them to pay more money. So the next person becomes available, they can get them for. Well, they're not going to be in the because the Tigers and Bulldogs really, and the Dragons, they're all competing against each other to try and rebuild those clubs. Mm. It's a and, hard market to rebuild it. Well, so so if the Tigers come in and pretend it, I'm not saying they are pretending, by the way, but if they do, for example, any other player. If I'm the Tigers, I go for every single player the Bulldogs are interested in because you might not get them. Yeah, but you're going to drive you the price You're making sure that the Bulldogs pay as I, much I as they possibly are. I don't are. think Connor Watson's the sort of bloke who will be – I think he'll appreciate the loyalty and the, the initial interest the Bulldogs showed uh, and the care they're showing towards his rehab and his health. Mm. Look, I'm not saying I know, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were ahead of at least the Tigers. And I don't know about how hard the Roosters are going to come back into it, but they're also coming back into it. It's interesting that game though about – you know, these three teams down the bottom trying to drag themselves up because if they get it right, the upside is huge because they ha all have massive supporter bases yeah. and they'll get behind and everything flows off the back of that. But the, the little games, the game of bluff that's mm. played to go, right, I will push you all the way with this guy because how is that going to affect you in two years' time when you've got some younger players? As you mentioned, Danny, mm. some of the Bulldogs coming through the system, if there, there are some, mm. are they, they're going to have the situation where they've got all these recruits who they – not panic by it, but bought into the club to try and get success, more success well, now. And then they're going to get squeezed out. And then the flow-on effect is that 
other clubs get cheaper options, yep. which future investment-wise could be better. Yeah. It's, it's money ball, isn't it? It's, it's, well, it is. But to, to an, exa- an example of that, and this, this doesn't really go down to the, the young generation, but Mitchell Moses, the start of the season, mm. Tigers, only club really in for him outside of Parramatta. All of a sudden, the Bulldogs show interest in him. Then the, the Tigers start panicking and they're offering him $1.4 million. Like it, I don't know if Gus ever had any intention of signing Mitchell Moses, but the, the impact he did. of them going for him meant the Tigers had to pay more. PA over there, well, by the I, I know that. I mean, he, he really rates Mitchell Moses. Yeah, but not enough to go and meet with his manager. <laughs> he's, not, he's not friendly with his manager, no. <laughs> well, but other manager? people is it Isaac again? That. Yes. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> well, they need a halfback still. Isn't oh, that Burton the answer there? Well, isn't. Um, I hope Toby Sexton's yeah, Toby the Sexton. answer. Toby Sexton, who they got from the At Gold Coast. At least for now. I still think they'll go in for Jerome Luai. I'm not saying that they've got oh, Jerome Luai. Too, yeah. I'm not saying that yeah. they're they're trying to bring him over. Oh, and I know Cameron Serraldo really well. I don't think Cameron Serraldo is trying to twist Jerome Luai's arm to come to Canterbury. But what will happen is that Penrith's offer won't be enough for Jerome Luai to sign without going on to the market. open market. What's yeah. enough, do you reckon? Which is fair enough. I think, well, he's, he's been on about 800 now or not yeah, that I much. Yeah, I think close to it, yeah. So do they offer him the same money? I can't see Penrith going higher than the eights, to be honest. I don't right. I, from How do the Bulldogs my go conversations, because it's going because to take something higher to get him away. they've got that many players off contract. They've got that many players off contract. Penrith have got pretty much everyone done next year. Yeah. And the year a lot of those players have signed up long term. So whereas the Bulldogs, I think there's only, what, two or three guys who have signed long, longish term deals and that's there. what, Adam, you're saying about the signing of these guys. Now, these guys are signing a couple of years. You know, the contracts are two years and mm. on long-term contracts. Okay. Um, so that's part of the strategy, like even Blake Taft. Jerome's 2025 anyway. It's not next mm. year. It's, he's a free agent November 1 for the 2025 yeah. season. But I the, can see the Bulldogs or a club, Tigers, a club that needs someone offering north of $1 million. Mm. And yep. if that's the case, Jerome's got a decision to make. Good time to be off contract. We're you, off to a break. Speaking of contracts, we're going to talk Freddie after it. <laughs> Brad Fittler offered a one-year deal from New South Wales. Is this true? So I think this is a, a story that James Hooper had in, in his column and I have no doubt that eventually it'll get to that. Mm. I'm, and I'm not bagging James's story at all because I think eventually Freddie will probably get offered a, a one-year contract. <laughs> As of right now, I've talked to the New South Wales Rugby League mm. and they say the board has not uttered a word about it yet. So there's, okay. not, there's not been an offer of all, at all. On August 25, Freddie will uh, front the board where he will give a presentation outlining what happened in the previous or this year's series and perhaps a vision for something going forward if Freddie wants the job. Is one year a bit of a... Essentially how it works. Yeah. In origin. On the back of three three losses in four years, can you give him more than that? Well, it's either he's the coach and we back you all the way, which Mm. to me screams multiple year contract or Mm. thanks, we're done, we're going to look elsewhere. But I think even if he won this year's series, it would have only triggered an extra one as it, as it stood. Yeah, if he won this year's series, it would have triggered an extra one, but they would have extended it beyond that. Mm. Mm. But so, there's no doubt there'll be doubts. And and to be honest... There's I, no doubt there'll be doubts. There's no doubt there'll be... You like that? <laughs> that should be the name of the podcast. <laughs> That's yeah. how we, we live his change it to that? There's no doubt. <laughs> I've got no doubts. comeback. I'm flawed. <laughs> so, yeah, as, as it stands, the New South Wales Rugby League are, are a bit pissed off about this story Wait, because hey, – Hey, Adam's got oh, his daughter sorry, in the sorry. office. What are you doing? Edit that out, annoyed uh, about the stories because they say there's been no offer. Yeah. And to say that there has 
at this point is wrong. But I, I do think that James will be right. I think there'll be a, a one-year offer to it. Are your mates from the New South Wales Rugby League giving any kind of timeline about how this is going to play well, out? Well, it's not going to be quick. At this August 25 meeting, they'll listen to everything that gets said. Then I think they've got another board meeting scheduled then, and it may not even be until after that where they appoint someone. So I don't think they're rushing through the process. Yeah. Uh, they want to hear everything. They probably want to assess everything. Personally, uh, I'd go Freddie another year. Yeah, I would too. I, there's no rush because it's not like a club coach. He doesn't have to do anything until really you start your homework round one next year. So there's plenty of time. Speaking of conspiracy theories in this show, what about the conspiracy then timing it around Craig Bellamy's retirement from Melbourne Storm? They've said they don't want someone aligned with a club. Mm. By that stage, he will most likely have hung up the clipboard. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe we've said it plenty of times. <laughs> Potentially, if it doesn't work out next year for like, if what Freddie if he gets paint ass to the club, is he going to walk away from coaching that guy? Yeah, there's a the rumor going oh, around, isn't it? Yeah, well, he's coached enough superstars. He doesn't need any more, does he? How many immortals in his in his roster is he going to end up with, Craig Bellamy? But yeah, I, I can see if Freddie doesn't win next year, I definitely can see that conversation emerging. But if he wins, then hmm. then you'll get your wish. You'll get a multiple year extension. It's not my wish. I've been there before with a contract I got once. It was on Christmas Eve once. Got a contract and I was hoping for a multi-year deal. They said, how about just six months and we reassess after that. Wasn't the greatest feeling in the world. <laughs> Charlie, that was really mean of you to do yeah. that. I always now, thought you were a better bloke. Now he's got contracts coming out oh, of his... Oh, mate. Adam everywhere. Yes. Bastard, Charlie. As long as I, I get know. that parking pass, though. Run for Chammy. <laughs> I left my wallet at home today, actually. Bad scene, Steph. It is a out. shock. <laughs> it's a bad scene. Haven't you got it set up on your phone? Yeah, but this, for some reason, doesn't work. Oh, because you got hacked through Channel 9 and the Chinese. No, That's right. mate. No, no, it wasn't the Chinese. Oh, it wasn't? No, I think no. Wasn't it? Wasn't the, your was mob. it the Russians? Was yeah, it, I think it was, was the I Russians. Was it the Russians? His mob? Yeah. The Russians. Half Russians. He's so. half Russian. <laughs> he blames me. He blames me. Can't you tell? No wonder No wonder few people can trust him. <laughs> half Russian and half Hungarian. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You want to get any further right wing? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, where were we? Uh, Roosters Review. Oh, in your backyard, Danny. So you can go with this one first. Who exactly is under the pump? Because Trent Robinson comes out after that story emerges that him and Cooper Cronk are on shaky ground and who's like all this finger pointing going on about a, a really disappointing campaign. Who is under the pump at that club at the moment? Anyone? Best roster in the comp. Yeah. I told you it was only a good <laughs> side, not a great side. Yeah. yeah, look, the Roosters don't accept failure and more pointedly Nick Politis doesn't cop failure. Mm. I think that they'll be looking at everything at that club, even though Robbo – is denying any of his coaching staff are under the pump. This, the situation is this. Jake Friend was elevated to an assistant coach. Jake Friend has got a uh, a plumbing business, which is really successful. He's got a couple of young kids. And I don't think he knows yet whether he wants to be an assistant coach next year or not. And he was elevated because Riles was... Because Jason Riles yeah. was... Which was an unusual move as well mm. to risk a, a, a very high-profile assistant coach halfway through a year because he's talking to another club. I mean, no one does that. I think that the friend situation is really interesting because apparently he's got a very good rapport with the players. They understand him and they can relate to him when he speaks to them uh, so that he's considered quite important by some power brokers at the club. He's a good friend to them. No, that's not even – can we edit Chammy Get out? out. Sorry. Seriously. <laughs> Go away. So Five minutes in the bin. We're bringing it back. <laughs> Should be 10, but we don't have 10 minutes left on the podcast. <laughs> So I think that, yeah, the friend situation is interesting. Whether they convince him to do it or not, I don't know. Yeah. Cooper Cronk situation is interesting. I do know there are people within the Roosters organisation who aren't thrilled with Cooper Cronk. Is Trent uh, Robinson one of them? Don't know. 
I think Trent Roberts is a big fan of Cooper Cronk. Yeah. Well, he said well, as much. Yeah, what's he get? Publicly, he has to say that. I, I just I think know. privately. Yeah, but there's ways of saying things publicly without backing him to the no, I don't Trent think, did I don't think it's Cooper. Trent's style. If he didn't like Cooper Cronk, I don't think it's they, Trent's there style. There might be a conflict no. then. To, to make, there well, might be a conflict within the organisation. Well, as you to, remember, we wrote the story together at the start of the year around hmm. Sam Walker and the rumblings that his family weren't happy with the influence of Cooper Cronk on his game. Yep. Robbo defended Cooper Cronk. Yep. And the manner in which he defended Cooper Cronk and the influence of Cooper Cronk, I find it hard to believe if he's changed his opinion so quickly on Cooper. Well, I'm not saying he has. I'm just saying there are people yeah, within. I'm, the, I'm, I'm not saying he's gone. Mm. I'm just saying it's a, it's a real watch this space because not everybody's on the same page. Maybe he wants Cooper there more often. But if, if that's, Cooper's that's right, got a lot on they, his plate, that's right. They could want him there more often. But but what about this? Whole, other people don't necessarily want him there. If no. Sam Walker's their long-term seven, then is that going to work? They view, Sam they Walker, view him. As the long term seven. Yeah. Sam Walker is not Cooper Cronk. Well, there are very it, few Cooper Cronks out there. And they, if they want, I get the argument that they want Cooper Cronk's style as one X amount of competitions. Not many can do it. Nathan Cleary. I think, I think Luke Keary can play like Cooper Cronk. How long has Luke Keary got? I'm just saying, I, but I, don't, I agree with you. Sam Walker, to me, you're probably too young to remember Alfie Langer. Oh, but, Harsh. But he, or well, I don't nah, know. I do remember Alfie. Okay. Oh, look, yeah. Oh, you don't remember him playing that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. But he's he's closer to Alfie Langer than he is to Cooper Cronk in the way he plays the game. Yeah. He's off the cuff. He's, you know, he's a bit loosey-goosey. Instinct. So does Cooper Instinct. have to change? Not not Sam. Well, Cooper. maybe maybe they just give up on trying to make Sam Walker that kind of player. But hang on. We don't know what the conversations are between Cooper. I'm sure Cooper Cronk doesn't think rugby league should be primarily only played the way he played it. He's a pretty smart guy. I get I get the feeling looking at him and seeing him that he's a very structured individual. His whole life is structured. And that that's how he sees rugby league. Mm. So, he's got a trainer swap happening here. He's got Alfred to the Roosters, Cooper to the Broncos. I like it. <laughs> that ain't Good happening. Theory. Clip it up, Charlie. I'll tell you right now. Clip it up. <laughs> I'm just saying. Do you, do you agree that they're not very similar players? No, no, I, I agree. Something to give with their attack because that attacking – They're terrible. The prowess they have in that roster is better than anyone else. And the, look, their halves have they haven't have not been able to, to strike. They tried to bring in Joey Manu. I'm sure – I know Cooper's only there one day a week. I'm sure he would have had some influence on the Joey Manu decision and – the move didn't work, mm. did it? Yeah, but you just can't expect this player to go in one week and then turn it all around. I know well, he's there for more than one. I week. know that, but like it's something at the Roosters with what they're doing isn't working. So who are the Roosters halves going forward? Do you reckon? And it'll be Manu and it'll be Walker. So where's Kiri next year? Brushing? Oh him? no, it's a oh, long term. I, right. I think Kiri will play next year and retire, and then it'll be Manu and Walker long term. Mm. And do you see that working? I don't know. We're not rugby league gurus here. Trent no. Robinson's got a lot. Like, I don't know. I find in this situation, people like Trent Robinson are probably sitting there thinking, what would we know about what they're doing? Yeah, that's doing? true. I get, no, I don't, I, get I don't pretend to. But on the surface, you can see that the style of Cooper Cronk and having spoken to people like we have, we know that Sam Walker and his family have been frustrated with the, with the way that the Roosters have been planning their attack. They don't think that Sam Walker is that player and they think they'll have more success if Sam Walker's allowed to play differently. Do you know what the situation is, Chammy? What? There's no doubt there's doubt. There's, there is no <laughs> doubt that there's doubt. I like it. I like it. Last one, guys. Uh, I don't know how swept up you've been in it, but I've been front and centre of it in terms of seeing it with my own eyes, the Women's World Cup and the the crowds, the the, the event. Look, FIFA, FIFA. FIFA chucking that much money to try and make it work and they put on a good event. The people running it here, they're, they're in charge of events and what it might mean for the game going forward, who knows. But in a rugby league context, 
I can't quite work out, witnessing what I'm witnessing, that rugby league wouldn't find a way to have a once every three years, four years celebration of the international game like it does and do it properly, not the way that it's been done at the moment. When is the next World Cup rugby league? Where is it? It's Well, it was supposed to be. In meant France. to be France. Oh, yes. France. France. And that, didn't yeah. that get canned? Looking around, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Who knows? Mate, I said this on Sunday on the footy show. Do you know what the problem is? Yeah. We're too busy fighting here. That's all we care about in rugby league. They're, they're, they're infighting and politics. Of it's John Lennon over here. Give <laughs> piece of chance. Who's this lemon guy? Who's this lemon you're talking of? <laughs> Sitting in a bed in Toronto. Mate, you, banging his bongo drums. You, you, what, what's chance. the reference? I get the guy. He's some sort of musician. But what's the reference? <laughs> you love fighting. Okay. <laughs> you love wars. I'll smash you. You... Every day you want to fight with somebody. No, that's yes, you do. That's racist. That no, is racist. You ring me. Because I'm from Maryland, who wants to fight? No, you. How's Maryland a country? It is. We're a big deal out west. Anyway, you you try and find fights. You create trouble. It's not true. It's racist. You are a trouble creating mosquito. Okay, just, I, I I enjoy the drama. Yeah, see, there you go. It makes it makes our jobs. And you wouldn't be earning seven million dollars a year if it wasn't for the drama. That's okay? Adam. That's Adam. Adam everywhere. But not me. Just this much. Reality is, it makes it it makes for great. Well, for for a reporter in this game, it's easy because there's so much self interest. People yeah. are out to get each other. But as a as a lover of rugby league, and I said this on Sunday, nothing infuriates me more than watching rugby union get paraded around like some sort of awesome product and paraded on a global stage when the World Cup run, runs around. I, I'm watching thinking, imagine if rugby league had its things that's in order. That's, I'm that's, not that's what, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. If you held that next rug, rugby league World Cup, for instance, in New Zealand. Yeah, but we're more worried about covering logos and yeah. writing things on there. <laughs> Seriously. With the emergence of the Polynesian players mm. and the strengthening of nations like Samoa who made the last World Cup final, Tonga, New Zealand will have an awesome side. Australia. You don't need to have what we've got 32 teams. It's not about that. I can't get that image out of my head. I think it was Mount Smart Stadium a couple of years ago mm. when Tonga played. and it the, great. It's yeah. as good as... I was there. It was unbelievable. Really? It's as good as an atmosphere you'll find in South American football when Brazil are playing. Yeah. It was insanely good and yet they're few and far between. I don't... Get, you don't want them every week. You well, don't the, want to have it every year. I guess year. The, the broader problem is not enough nations playing because, to, to make well, it. The, the NRL only cares about the NRL. And the NRL is the powerhouse holding this together. And reality is it's not making the money and it's hard in the short term to have a long-term vision when the money is all in the in the the product. Because really, they couldn't find a broadcaster to, to play the Rugby League World Cup the last mm. year. It was in Because of the time zone England. and the money's here. Yeah. Well, how do you invest time and and energy in a state that doesn't make you money. That's the problem the NRL has. Mm. But yeah. it will in the future but you play if it a becomes final, a juggernaut. You play a final here at 2 o'clock in the morning. It's well, not gonna, very attractive. Well, now they're going to have a, a Tri-Nations at the end of the year, New Zealand, Australia, and Samoa. Yeah. Hopefully, if, if they get the CBA. Maybe. Of, It'll happen. But, but a World Cup, I mean, it's a bit of a no-brainer. As far as eight te- limited to eight teams. Mm. Yeah, but if anywhere that the rugby union are playing, if, they can, if they've got people playing in Argentina, people playing in Japan – why isn't rugby league being played there? Uh, There's no base for it. Because colonialism didn't take it there. Yeah, I, but there are people playing a similar sport. Why aren't we trying to build the game in those countries? Mm. Then they see what a real game looks like and we'll grow the game. Yeah. I, I just think it's an inferior product and it's doing, it's lapping rugby league on the global stage. and, and It, it always me. has, Chammy. It's not a new thing. It's always I know. It's been there it's for It's getting long. worse. It's getting worse. Mm. I wouldn't say it's an inferior product. It's a oh, harsh statement. I would. Okay. Well, you yeah. want another job. You want to do rugby talk. 
Well, I'm going to France later in the year. I'm just happen to be there. And <laughs> he wants another job. <laughs> Rugby talk. <laughs> I'm defending the great game. He's not saying anything, Danny, because he's got Hamish McLennan on speed dial. Doesn't want to upset him. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah, but I, was going, I was going to speak up if I could disagree with you. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm agreeing with you. Like it's a, it's a shame. It's not a a global game. John Rebo wanted to make it global years ago. Yeah, he got shot down, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, remember they're going to know uh, who uh, E.T. Andrew Eddinghausen was in China. And well, well, one thing. Okay, leave you with this then. The only thing stopping rugby league becoming a global game is itself. Yes, and that's a problem. Correct. That's an issue. Correct. There's nothing else. There's not outside forces. Well, the investment's not there. At least they'll know who Latrell Mitchell is in Vegas. Well. <laughs> In what way? <laughs> no, no, don't. See, that's the problem. People like you. Dangerous Hang place. On, you're, to no, tell. I'm saying that South Sydney are going to play in Vegas at the end of the year and they're going to see the, the talent of Latrell Mitchell. Mm. It'll be good. It'll be great. It's a good step forward. Gus won't like it. Why not? Get Gus out of your head. He's Jack. not a Vegas yeah. player. He's a country. He plays in country areas. Mate, rent free. He is. Get him out of your head. We'll finish, we'll finish the to- uh, podcast and end the podcast on that note. Okay, thanks. Cheers. <laughs> see you next week, everyone. <laughs> 